All right, we're getting everything set to go. I'm waiting for the thumb up. Let's see where it goes. We're ready to roll. All right. Good to see everyone this uh, morning, and I pray the Lord will just continue to bless. We're going to take our Bibles, and we're going to go to Revelation chapter 6 as we get started today. And uh, we're going to be looking primarily at the sixth seal, which uh, we can see uh, some of the evidence of it behind us. And so uh, we're looking at the images that are there. And we're going to get in from uh, the Revelation chapter 6. We'll move on over to uh, chapter 7, Lord uh, willing, today as well. Let's go ahead and let's go down to verse 12. And uh, we're going to read from there. And I beheld, and, and I beheld, when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake. And the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as the fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it was rolled together, and every mountain and island were, were moved out of their place. And the kings of the earth, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the bondsmen, and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains, and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us, and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne, and from the wrath of the Lamb. And the great day of his wrath is come, and who shall be able to stand? Let's go to the Lord in prayer, and we'll ask him to bless as we study together today. Father, again, we want to thank you for your blessings, and we pray that you will continue to guide and watch over us as we attempt to study your word. And again, Lord, we pray that you will give the great recall of learning that we've had today, but also, Lord, that you will provide us and use us as you see fit. We know that there are many uh, that are joining in online today, perhaps, Lord, those that are traveling, uh, those that are making their way to us even now, those that are sick, like Jessica, who uh, cannot leave her bed right now with uh, the surgery. We pray for quick recovery. And, uh, Lord, we're so thankful for uh, watching over Brother Randy and giving him recovery as well from uh, his uh, pain that he had. Lord, there are so many things we can pray for, but more than anything, we want to spend our time around your word, and we pray that you will continue to bless and guide. Help us, dear Father, to be faithful unto you and guide and direct now. In Christ we pray. Amen. Well, as we begin our study today, again, we have a fresh set of notes that are in the back on the sixth seal. Uh, once again, if you have the opportunity to look at this, we hope that you have. Now, I want to point something out to you. There's a lot of people that they turn around, they say, uh, about the sixth seal. They, they want to say, well, we've already had tribulation. We've had great tribulation. And, and I understand that there have been tribulations forever and ever and ever upon this earth. Probably in our, or right before, most of us in our lifetime was the tribulation of World War II and uh, which we saw the great holocaust now the holocaust no doubt about it there was a great tribulation that occurred at that time and i want to use the example of the holocaust to show us a little bit about the four horsemen and why i believe that the four horsemen are one person over another the other thing that i want us to see is that this is a tribulation time but it is God's tribulation, not just great tribulation, but God's tribulation. Let's see if that's not true as we begin right now in our, our particular study. So as we look together 
And notice again that beginning in verse 16, and, the, and said to the mountain and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that setteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. This is God's tribulation, and we're going to see that a little bit further as we make our study today. So, unlike the tribulation that came upon this earth and Satan's involvement, if you will, constantly um, bringing the same tortures, if you will, or the same methods, which is a, a matter of insanity, we are going to see also the applications that are there as well. Now, let's see if that's not true. We want to introduce the wicked one to each and every one of you all today. Now, the way that we look at this, and if you will, Brother Joe, go ahead and let's look at the next slide. Notice that we have the, the four faces of Hitler that came upon the scene. Now, back up on. There we go. Now, notice again, this is very similar to what we're going to see almost in every example that you find, and it's a repeat of what Satan does. Now, please understand this. Satan does not have God's abilities. He does not have omnipotence. He doesn't have omniscience. He cannot be in every place at the same time. He does not have knowledge, omniscience, if you will, or omniscience. He doesn't have omnipotence. And he doesn't have anything else that represents God. But look what it says. And this is the same example. When Hitler came on the scene, he came in peace. I mean, literally, the, the showcase of, uh, you know, the, the great Olympics that occurred in 1936, I think it was, everyone was singing the praises of Adolf Hitler, including the Chancellor at that time of England, and also the Prince of England who was going to ascend to the throne. And so, you are the, or the Prince of Wales, if you will. And so, literally, everybody was mesmerized by what Hitler was doing. He came in in peace. He came in just really just smiling. And that's one of the reasons I want you to see that first picture. I don't know if you can tell it or not. But he's really smiling at the people. He is just so happy. And notice his hand is up like this. How many of you all recognize that from this position? How many of us have ever seen Madonna with child, and you see where she's got her fingers, your fingers in a peacefulness, a breakdown? Literally what you have here is that same position. And he went from here to this. Now, that particular position is one that he has now been given power. And since he has been given power, he can come in and literally disrupt the whole method of, of everything that goes on. Look what else we see. Then he brings destruction. When he brings destruction, remember this, he moved into Czechoslovakia, he moved into Poland, he went into France with his Blitz Creek, he literally caused this great devastation. And I believe that America, as we know it today, was developed by God and caused great separation from the globe. And literally this great separation that we see right now is to allow us to have been that world power for a period of time until God brings everything back together. And that's going to happen. We're going to see that again as well. And then he fought to the very last. If you want to see some interesting stories... Hitler, when he came on the scene, by the way, how many of you know that he wrote the book called Mein Kampf, My Struggle? That's what it means in German, My Struggle. And in the book, he, said, he convinced the German people that you have to fight to the very last one of you. If you're not willing to die, you cannot live freely. 
And so he literally allowed the last person to fight. The reason that Hitler remained in power and he fought to the very end, even to uh, causing the children to go out, whether they wanted to or not, to go out and to fight because they had been brainwashed to believe that there was no hope for them unless they fought for the struggle. And so at the very last picture that you see here, this is Hitler before he committed suicide. And that is one of the Hitler youths that you see there in front. And literally when he was fighting to the very end, you had the Russians that were enclosing around Berlin. You had already had the Americans that had taken the rest of Germany, and, and, and let me not just say the Americans, but the English, the Canadians, and everyone else that was fighting against Hitler. They had literally surrounded everything. They had already defeated Italy. They had already defeated Sicily, and, and they were thwarting the plan of Hitler. So this is the destruction. Now, if you will, the very next slide. I want you to get this picture. The very next slide shows us the four images of the Antichrist. Now, notice again, he comes in peace. Let's see if that's not true. Let's look at verse 1, once again, of the book of Revelation. And I saw him, Revelation chapter 6, verse 1, and I saw when the Lamb opened one of his seals and heard as it were the noise of thunder, one of the four beasts saying, Come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat on him had a bow, and he went forth conquering and to conquer. There it is right there. What is the first element that we've seen with Hitler was that beautifulness, that peacefulness. I mean, he brought that smile on. What we don't see in the back of uh, what was going on in Nazi Germany was Hitler did not win the election. How many of y'all know that? He did not win the power, but because he had such a strong following, they tried to appease him by saying, we're going to give you this much of Germany. We're going to give you this much. And so the Nazis were able to not only kill the chancellor, the, the, the leadership at that time, but they were also able to kill even this, the head of the Nazi party in order to bring Hitler up in position. That is what you're going to see with a white horse. Until this man comes into power, and he's going to be a beautiful man. He's going to be one that the entire world will accept. We, we know that he's going to be Jewish. We, you know, we found that out when we studied the book of Daniel, chapter 11. He is going to match everything that the people accept in a Messiah. But then he is given power. Look what it says in verse 3. And when he had opened the second seal, I heard the second beast say, Come and see. And there went on another horse that was red, and power How many of you realize that? Power was given to him, uh, to him that set them and that they should kill so once again, this, this red is given the power, just like Hitler was, to not only take the power to bring in the struggle, but then to begin to cause everyone to understand that this man has not come in peace, but he's come to make war. The third one we see is on the black horse. Notice the destruction that he's going to bring into place as well. Verse 5. And when he had opened the third seal... I heard the third beast say, Come and see, and I beheld a little black horse, and he that sat on him had a pair of balances in his hands. Now, let me just explain something to you. Most people don't realize that during World War II, America was as much in the challenge of World War II as any nation. 
we had uh, literally the uh, the tickets to where that you could have the rations, how much you could get. There was a rations on tire, there was rations on metal, there were rations on food. I mean, everything was literally, America literally had to tighten down their belt to make sure that everything was ready to go. In fact, one of the elements, and I just heard this on the Vintage Radio, I don't know if you ever listened to that, it's uh, in, on Sirius XM, but they were talking about save your lard because it takes so much grease or so much lard to make gunpowder. And it really did amaze me how much they were asking the American household to save even the products of lard. So you had butter that was going overseas, you had a little bit of butter that was in the house, that was leading to the development of margarine, which is a fake butter, if you will. Uh, you know, the early margarines were white. They had to add yellow food coloring to give it the look of butter. Just, that's just another history. But the reality is, is that there was a limit on meat. There was a limit on how much they could eat, how much that they could spend, how much they could do. Now, again, this is the balances. But once again, notice the destruction he brings. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four saying, a measure of wheat, which is a day's portion, a day's wage, for just a small bag of flour. Right now, flour is up to about two something a, 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 for a five pound bag. Can you imagine a five pound bag being the cost of an entire day's wage? And yet we have bread that we have to live. I mean, I go to work every day and I pass the old Heiner's Bakery. And every time I go by, there's a new flour car. And I, I was explaining to someone how that, if you'll notice the rails where they bring in the new, the, the new, uh, rail car full of flour and then it connects and it goes across all the way over and you can see the pipeline that goes over. But imagine the cost that you don't even have the amount or the money to be able to produce flour or bread or anything else. Look what else it says. And barley for a penny. And, oh, five, and, and again, let me just say that right. And three measures of barley. In other words, for that same day's wage, you can get barley. Barley is something that is a very coarse grain. It's not a lot of times that people want to eat it because it doesn't have the same flavor, the, the same taste. And it's one of the prime ingredients for making beer. And see that thou hurt not the oil, oil and the wine. In other words, these are all going to be rationed. The finally, the finally we see the, the element of death. This is the thing that I want us to see. There's a fighting that will continue to the end. And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. And I looked and behold a pale horse, and the name on him was Death. In other words, the struggle to the death. What is it that we see with the Antichrist? The Antichrist will finally be so consuming that literally all... in that place of Megiddo, we will see the Lord ascend or descend out of heaven. He will then fight the enemies, but the one that will convince the men and the people there fight against the Antichrist, or the Antichrist will say fight against the Christ. And we will see death as we've never known it before. And notice again, and death and hell followed upon uh, followed him, and power was given unto him over the fourth part of the earth to kill with the sword and with hunger and with death and the beasts of the earth. In other words, there's not enough to go around, so we're going to do everything in our power to kill, and that's going to cause the other people. So that's one of the other people to see the things that are going on. Now, that is where 
Um, we have pretty much left off. I hope you can see the examples of what I see with Charlemagne, uh, with the Caesars. I mean, every one of these individuals, it's the same rhetoric that Satan has done over and over again. And the next one, we are prime set for the Antichrist, or the wicked one, to come on the place now and bring the same thing. But there's going to be a great difference because, you see, that is the opening of Revelation chapter 6. In Revelation chapter 6, as we begin to see all of these things come into place, we are going to see, first of all, everyone rush to this man and be equivalent to him, but we're also going to see the saints removed off the earth. Let's see if I'm not right. Let's go down to verse 8. And I looked and behold a pale horse, oh, excuse me, verse 9. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them which were slain for the work. So here's the way people read it. And I saw when I had opened the that was playing for the word of God and for the testimony. In other words, they take the comma out. But because that comma is there, we're talking about two groups of people. The first thing, and by the way, that's what that's basic English. So look what it says again. And when he had opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of them that were slain for the word of God period. We can end that sentence right there. Because of the comma, I can continue the thought. And for the testimony which they held. In other words, not everyone that is slain, which is the martyrdom end of it, is going to be before the throne of grace, but there's also going to be all the saints that are taken up. I believe this is indicative of what we read in the book of Romans. And let's go back to the book of Romans, chapter 11. And in chapter 11, we're going to go down to verse... Well, let's go ahead and let's read all of it. Let's go to verse 21. We'll go to verse 21. So this is where we are now starting to see a lot of things upon this earth that we've never seen before. And if God spare not the natural branches, which hell, which uh, he, he blessed, he also spare not thee. Behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell. Severity, but toward thee, goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, otherwise thou also shalt be cut off. And they also, if they abide not still and unbelief, shall be grafted in, for God is able to graft them in again. That is going to happen. God is going to bring Israel back into the fold, if you will. For if thou wert cut out of the olive which is wild and were grafted contrary to nature into a good olive tree, how much more shall these, which be the natural branches, be grafted into their own olive tree? For I would not, brethren, that you should be ignorant of the mystery, lest you be otherwise in, uh, uh, be of... Uh, otherwise in your own conceits. That blindness in part has happened to Israel until the fullness of the Gentiles be come in. I think there was a purpose with the Holocaust, which was the great tribulation of the Holocaust. I have no qualms about calling it the great tribulation of the Holocaust. The world tribulation, Japan, Italy, Germany, all of them were making war 
against the you know all of us that were fighting against them, the Allies, if you will, the Americans, the English, the Russians, and any other nations, the Canadians, the Australians. We could go on and on and on. But basically, we were literally trying to put at bay the wicked. Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Even though there was a wickedness, even though there was a lot that was going on at this particular time, the one thing that we need to understand is it was God's plan to bring sympathy upon the earth so that Israel would be restored as a nation. I believe there was a reason that six million Jewish lives were taken and were committed you know, to death by the Germans. If you think about it, they sought out Czechoslovakia. They, they, they literally went into France. They went into Germany. They went into Poland. And they purposely looked for the Jewish people to rid the world of the Jewish people. Where did that come from? It was called the final solution. Where did that final solution come from? This is God. upon millions of Jews and keeping perfect records about it. If I could, I would have everyone go to either Darmstadt or other concentration camps to see some of the videos that they took. I'll give you an example. They took a fully grown man and a German or a, a Jewish man and they would hit him with a rifle butt and then see if he could still wake up and do conscious behavior such as do mathematics and things like that. And they kept hitting him and hitting him until he died and they would record every little thing that they did. That, 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 that goes, that's bizarre. But when this was and it was shown to people what was going on, there was upon the globe about the Jews. Now understand this, they allowed the Jewish people to have their own homeland. But even then, they needed one country, just one country to recognize them as powerful. You know who that one country was? The United States of America. Because America stood up for Israel and said, we recognize Israel as a state. Not England, who owned the land. They controlled the Was stand back and wait to see if Israel could win their freedom. This was in 1948. If you want to see a great movie, go, go, go look at Cast a Giant Shadow. It stars, believe it or not, Kurt Douglas, who was Jewish. And it, it literally talks about how that his stomach churned at what happened during the Holocaust. And the reality is, is that they became a nation. They became a nation in spite of not receiving any power. Where did that come from? It came from God on high. 67 wars. They, 55 wars. How many of us, we never hear about the 55 wars, but again, they were trying to push the Jews back into the sea. It didn't happen. 67 wars. Once again, they tried to destroy Israel. It didn't happen. 73 wars. They fought on their own and won victory. 
Pretty amazing, isn't it? But the reality is, more and more Jews are flooding the land from other parts of the world, getting permission to come into Israel. And I believe that this is the hallmark, and this is the beginning of chapter 6. I believe that when the Jews finally entered into the land, out of that will become the Antichrist. And right now that Antichrist would be about 40 years of age. 30, maybe about 30 years of age. At any moment, we should be able to see the Antichrist come into power. But once again, I want us to see this. The fifth seal was designed to show us all those that had died for the cause of Christ, who have lived for the cause of Christ. That's what that's about. Look at verse 12, though. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood. So, Brother Joe, if you will, back up a couple of slides to the one that we started with. The one thing that we need to understand with this particular slide, and I know it's not a perfect slide. I, there's no such thing as a perfect picture of what it's going to be like. But this is the troubling. You, you know, isn't it amazing? We have been led to believe a lie, another lie that we can somehow manage and take control of our environment, of our life, and everything else that's around us. We can't do it. You know, I, I look at people now saying, oh, well, we've got to have electric cars. How stupid can we be? To create electric cars and for us to be able to give the power that even electrical cars need, we've got to have greater fuel consumption in coal to power fuel coal power plants. The only thing that would give any kind of power would be nuclear, and we've already put the kibosh on that. Wind power doesn't even give a candle's worth of power what that coal power can do. I'm sorry, if you ever go out Wyoming, if you ever go out Nevada, if you ever go out to Colorado, you'll see mountains and mountains of windmills. And there's not enough power to be generated that one coal power plant can. That's how much of a lie. You want to see the other one? Solar panels. By the way, do you know where the, the main element for solar is? It comes out of China. They produce and they grow this particular algae or whatever it takes to make a solar panel. But once again, we are led to believe a lie. All right, but let's look at this. The Lord is going to show you don't have any power. Man, you don't have any power. And I beheld an earthquake, and the sun became black with sackcloth of air, and the moon became as blood. And the stars of heaven fell onto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind. And when the heaven departed as a scroll, when it rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their place, then say did away with them, but they were moved out of their place. Later on, we're going to see where the mountains and even the islands are going to flood away. Yes, England, I'd get off that island. Yes, Japan, I'd get off your island. Guam, all these other places, Hawaii, get off those islands because God's going to restore everything the way it was before he brings peace to this earth. Look what else it says. And so the kings of the earth begin to cry out, and the great men, and the rich men, and the chief captains, and the mighty men, and every bondman, every freeman, hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Why are they 
because they are afraid for their lives. Not for their eternal lives, but for aspect of life as they know it right now. And said to the mountains and rocks, that chapter 7 is a continuation of the sixth seal. Look what it says. And after these things I saw four angels standing in the corners of the earth holding the four winds of the earth that the wind should not blow on the earth or the sea nor at any tree. And I saw another angel sent from the east having the seal of the living God and he cried Now watch this. He has the seal of God in his hand. Notice what he, what this angel is going to now say to us. Look at verse 3. Saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the tree. You realize that when we see the Antichrist come in, and he wants to put a seal, a visible seal, in the head of others, he's only mimicking God. How many of you have ever thought about that? We always hear people say, well, we don't want to get 666. We don't want to have that name of the Antichrist on our forehead. We don't want to have... We are so prepared for it right now, it's not funny. I, I see people wear piercings all the time, and I'm thinking, why are you being pierced? The one that gets me is the ring in the nose. And many times people say, well, you know, it's just a piercing. Really? Then tell the pig that the only reason that there's a, a, a hook in your nose is for the piercing's sake of it. But I see, I, I see some of the most hideous people putting huge earlobes in or they're putting in piercings all over their body and they think it looks good. It doesn't to me. But even more so, they want to have tattoos on. is a mark that they're preparing to take. I think that they are preparing saying, it's just a mark. It doesn't really mean anything. But notice again, the first and foremost thing that we see is the, the, the putting of the name of God into the forehead of 144,000. Now the saints are removed. And as we pointed out, the two witnesses have come down. Let's make sure you see that. Once again, let's go to chapter 11. And in chapter 11, we're going to go down to verse, well, let's go to verse 3. And I will give power unto my two witnesses, and they shall prophesy a thousand two hundred and three score days, which is half of the Jewish year, clothed in sackcloth. In other words, in, in Revelation chapter 11, verse 3, we are now seeing these two witnesses as they've come down. And literally, as they have come down and they preach the word of God, 144,000 were going to believe their word, each having 12,000 of the tribe of Israel. Let's see if that's not true. Go back to chapter 7. And I saw another angel sent from the east. We said that. Um, verse 3, And heard not the earth, neither the sea nor the trees we have, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. And I heard in the number of them which were sealed, and there were sealed 144,000 of the tribes of the children of Israel. This 
is enough right here to shut down every cult there is or a cult. Have you ever had someone come knocking on your door? Are you numbered amongst the 144,000? And I can tell them equivocally, no, I am not. And then and suddenly it's like, well, what do you mean? I am not Jewish. I don't think I'm not out of the Unless they say, well, we have a better word. No! In verse 5, the tribe of Judah were sealed 12,000. Uh, the tribe of Reuben were sealed 12,000. Uh, the tribe of Gad were sealed 12,000. And the tribe of Asher were sealed 12,000. And the tribe of Nephtalim were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Manasseh were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Simeon were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Levi were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Issachar were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Zebulun were sealed 12,000. Of the tribe of Joseph were sealed 12,000. And of the tribe of Benjamin were sealed 12,000. You're going to see two tribes missing. And two tribes added. Number one, you no longer see the tribe of Dan. And number two, you don't see the tribe of Ephraim. Remember this. Joseph had two sticks. But Ephraim had gone after paganism. In fact, it was interesting that last week, uh, Brother Joe read from Psalms chapter uh, 78 and verse 67, which explains why Ephraim was taken. Dan was also taken because they apostatized, having set up their own idol and having their own priest. And so Dan was taken out of place. And because of that, there were two tribes that were added. Joseph was named particularly. Levi was added as well. How many of y'all know that? Levi was never a tribe except for a tribe of priests, and that included Korah. So the reality is, is now Levi is brought into place, and also, instead of Dan, and instead of Ephraim, you now just have the tribe of Joseph. Interesting to look at. Now, with that in mind, uh, 12,000 out of each one of the tribes, 12 times 12 is 144, are going to have every one of them sealed in their foreheads the work that they must do. And they are going to primarily focus upon the children of Israel. The only thing that bothers me about so many of the writings that we see today, especially like the Left Behind series or anything of this nature, is that they want to focus on the Gentile nations. The reality is the Gentile nations have already been turned away from. Now, that doesn't mean Gentiles are not going to be saved. It will, again, that they have to believe in the preaching of the word. But for the most part, the Gentiles are not going to be the focus, but the, the tribes of Israel are going to be focused. The entire book of Revelation is about the focus of the restoration of Israel. Let's see if that's not true. Verse 9, And after this I beheld and load a great multitude, which no man can number, of nations and kindreds and people and tongues, stood before the throne and before the This is all. 
chapter 4, verses 13 through 18. The Gentile nations are removed from the earth. For the most part, all are removed from the earth. Except for the two witnesses, except for the 144,000, and they're called to open the eyes of Israel. Verse 10, and cried with a loud voice, saying, stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory. saying unto me, What are these that are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, and I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. And he said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. Now I've had a lot of people that they turn around and they say, See? They it's not the tribulation. The tribulation of God is getting ready to unfold the great tribulations of this earth, those that came out of the terrible times, our faith is becoming less and less appreciated. It has always been unappreciated, but it's going to become less and less appreciated. How do I know that? Because that's what we are promised by the Lord our God. And whenever we go out and tell others about Christ, or they'll show respect to us, especially if you cause your stand to be known. But they're going to look for every example for you to fail. Many years ago, I was in Colorado. I worked for a little company called Eastman Kodak. You may have heard it. They used to do film. And we had a guy that, I don't remember his name, but he was fantastic about telling others about Christ. One day, the candy machine started spitting out money and candy bars. And guess who stuffed his pocket with both? Satan knows your weaknesses. He knows your failures. I remember one time we had a, a bag of coffee that was left to Airborne Express. And I thought, man, this bag of coffee is going to get taken. And I took and I put a band on it. And somebody reported, that shows the kind of Christian that Mike is, he took that thing of coffee. And someone explained to him, uh, do you know that Mike turned that in to the vendor? I was there when he turned it in. You better be careful about what you do because people are going to watch you on every step of the way. But watch this. And have washed their robes and have made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Therefore they are before the throne of God and they serve him day and night in the temple. And he that sitteth on their throne shall dwell with them and they shall hunger no more. Man, alive, won't that be wonderful? We shall never be hungry again nor thirst ever again. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them, and lead them unto living fountains of water, and God shall wipe away tears from their eyes. 
something to think about, isn't it? All right, well, that concludes our studies for today. Lord's willing, we'll pick up on chapter 8 as we study our eschatology together. Let's be dismissed. Father, again, thank you for your blessings. Now go with us as we conclude in this service. In Christ we pray, amen. We're dismissed.